Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And exhale. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to Believe in the Miami Heat. As always, I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo, brought to you by the Believe Network, blah, 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 blah. We Eastern Conference Finals champs. But hey, job's not done. I know, I know. I'll try to tone it down because the job's not finished, blah, blah, blah. Also, partly because I did all my celebrating yesterday, and today was a great day. Listen to Peppa's like 47 times. Listen to Can You Feel the Heat Down in Your Soul. Listen to that song like 37 times. Uh, the Oh We Winning song. Can't get that out of my head. Not complaining. Today has been a great day uh, because last night, the Miami Heat advanced to the NBA Finals. I am recording this on Tuesday. It'll be up Wednesday, which is the game before the Finals takes off. So I'm excited. Did my celebrating. Now it's time to get four more and become NBA champions. Now, I actually did a really, really awesome interview with Darnell Smith, who's another host on the Believe Network. Believe kind of set that up and put us together. So we talked about everything Eastern Conference Finals, all the predictions NBA Finals. So I'm going to end the video with that long interview. We talked for about 40 minutes. It's great stuff. Uh, so definitely check, uh, definitely check it out because Darnell was awesome. He knows ball. So fair, fair, fair warning. Y'all can, y'all can listen. He's not one of those dumb Boston Celtics, 3%, no chance talking heads. I don't even know what I'm saying at the moment. Great interview. It was awesome. We're going to get right into that after I tell you my experience watching that game six because uh, as Barry Jackson put it best, the guy who obviously has been around a lot longer than me, he said that was the third most gut-wrenching loss in South Florida sports history. Of course, behind the Dolphins' loss to the San Francisco 49ers back before I was born and the Miami Hurricanes' loss to Ohio State in which they got robbed by Terry Porter who flew the flag lay. I know all about that because my dad has mentioned it a hundred times, a hundred thousand times probably. Shout out to him. Uh, but just to put that into pers- some perspective, that was certainly the worst loss I've ever experienced uh, and one of the worst in South Florida history. So I was actually in New Mexico uh, visiting my girl's family out there. We got an Airbnb with all 13 of us in it. So it was a big group of people uh, scheduled this trip way back uh, when the thought of even making the conference finals was a joke. Uh, they might have not even made the playoffs back then. Uh, unfortunately, I also have a trip to Chicago uh, scheduled for next week also. <laughs> so I'll have to watch some of those games on the road because, again, another trip I planned when I didn't expect to make the finals. Sue me. Nobody thought they were making it this far, playing a couple vacations, whatever. It's game six. We're in the Airbnb. I'm watching the game. Uh, not, you know, everyone there is a basketball fan, but certainly a few are. Uh, and everybody came out last couple minutes of the game, uh, saw the heat come back, saw Jimmy at the line, the three free throws, and felt like I was living in a fever dream. Felt like I was living in a simulation because we got Jimmy on Al Horford, and he got his chance at redemption, got to the free throw line, hit all three free throws. Uh, and I thought that he redeemed himself. Uh, I was an emotional wreck just from the ups and downs of that game, from going down 10 to bringing it back to going down 10 to bringing it back all the way with three seconds left. Uh, Should have been probably like 2.4, 2.5, which I don't know would have made a difference, but who cares at this point? Uh, but yeah, I was a mess, man, uh, on the verge of tears, on the verge of hyperventilating, all this and that. Uh, but I needed one more stop. Uh, Marcus Smart puts up the three. We see Derek White fly in and put it in at the buzzer. My initial reaction was just, hold on a second. I think that he just advanced to the NBA Finals because there's no way he got that shot off in time. I'm freaking out. But upon the very first replay of watching that shot, uh, all the emotions that I had inside of me just spilled out and I became a empty void. I became an emotionless statue. 
uh, just staring at the TV, unable to move or speak a single word, unable to comprehend the surroundings around me. Uh, apparently, my girlfriend told me that people were trying to talk to me and ask about stuff, ask when the next game was. I didn't hear none of it. I was just staring at the TV, watching that replay of the white layup go over and over and over again. Didn't want to seem like a big baby in front of all those people. So I sat out there another 30 minutes emotionless, and then I just went to bed. It was like 9 p.m. New Mexico time. I couldn't take it no more. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. I felt like I was in an empty, vast vat of sand with nothing around, which I kind of literally was because it was in the uh, mountains of New Mexico, which is really cool. But I was I was heartbroken, man. Uh, still had faith going into Game 7. Y'all know I've had a lot of faith going in this series. I was never going to bet against the Miami Heat or Jimmy Butler. But obviously, we all knew Game 6 would be their best chance. But Game 7, we was chilling, baby. Thank God that game wasn't close. I don't know if my heart could have taken it. Uh, a lot of Heat fans were celebrating in the third quarter. I really wasn't there yet because I've watched a lot of basketball. I know the game's not over till it's over. But it was about two minutes. Uh, about No, it was about three and a half minutes left when they were up 20. That's when I personally called it. I was watching with my boys, and we started celebrating, so it was a good time. And now we look forward to playing the Denver Nuggets first game on June 1st. Uh, I'll be in Chicago for games three and four, but I will be watching. Uh, otherwise, I would have tried to go to one of the games in Miami. Uh, but I'm still going to try to go to game six. Hopefully, I can make it to game six because uh, I was actually, I've been fortunate enough to go to one NBA Finals. I went to game four in 2012 when LeBron had the cramps. Uh, unforgettable experience. Uh, I was really hoping I get to do it again. So if I'm able to afford a ticket to game six, which is cheapest, like 700 at the moment, I will go, but I'll look into. But anyways, that's all I really want to say for this solo part of the episode. Hope y'all uh, enjoy this interview with Darnell Smith and uh, all the commentary we give about everything. And I'll see y'all sometime next week with another full episode. But until then, enjoy the interview. What's good, y'all? We back. I'm here with Darnell Smith. Darnell, how you doing today, my guy? I am doing I'm doing really well. I'm blessed. I'm feeling good. A lot of energy. Excited to be on the show, my guy. So appreciate that, by the way. So I want to first start by giving these people some background. We both are hosts on the Believe Network. They kind of reached out to us and they kind of set this all up, which is dope, because uh, I think this is going to be a great episode here. But I want to first ask you, because it's very important, that can determine how the rest of the show is going to go. What is your, well, first off, what do you do on Believe? And then also, what is your sports fandom affiliation? Who are the teams that you are pulling for? Yes, sir, man. So first first off, you know, uh, again, I, I am a host on Believe. Uh, I'm part of two shows. I got my own show that I call with, with my guy, Brian Jones, a.k.a. Bolo. It's called The Porch Podcast, where we, we drop two episodes weekly. Uh, Wednesdays and Fridays, where we bring on some of the hottest guests from sports, entertainment, you name it. Uh, we have dope interviews, kind of, you know, talking about things within the black culture, sports, everything in between. And then I just recently started co-hosting a show with Coach JB called The Coach JB Show with Big Smitty, which is me. And uh, that's your morning sports show live Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific time, man. If you know Coach JB from Last Chance You, I don't need to say too much more you know what type of energy he's gonna bring and it's a very fun show a great way to start your day so that's the answer to the first question now the second question man i'm from indianapolis indiana so for football i am an indianapolis coach fan but with no basketball there. there's no beef there okay no beef there we good we good no beef no beef but with basketball i am a los angeles lakers fan people ask me why i love kobe bryant r.i.p to my goat I've been cheering for him since I was a little kid. So that just that fandom of Kobe turned me into a Lakers fan. So Lakers, Colts, those are my squads. 
Yeah, uh, I certainly, I know a lot of people are Lakers fans. They get called bandwagons, this and that. But I certainly understand the Kobe fandom. 99% of those guys that aren't born and raised in LA, that's why they are fans of the team. Of course, it makes a ton of sense. Obviously, we had our battles in 2020. And I'm sure you'll admit you guys got lucky. Bam and Gorn was hurt. Otherwise, you know, the Heat would have won. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I do prefer that you were Lakers fan to the Pacers uh, than to the Pacers because I do hate those teams going back to Paul George and Roy Hibbert, David West, and all those other bums. So I do prefer that you were Lakers fan, so I'll take that. Uh, and congrats on your flu, you know, championship ring because you see now when we when we actually got fans and all that, you see the four teams that was left is the same, but only one of us made it to the last round. You know what I'm saying? That is true, man, but hey. You still got to win four more. And I'm going to be real. I know we're, we're about to get into this, but uh, the Joker's a bad, bad man. So I don't know, man. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop right there. I don't want to move too far with the no. show, but you talking yeah, no, real strong. You saw you talking strong, and I don't. the job ain't finished. Yeah, uh, to quote your boy Kobe there, the job is not finished. You correct. And I know Joker's a bad man, just as Marquise Morris. He's dirty as well. But, <laughs> but all right, let's, let's get right into this then. So, I will say, obviously, as far as the Lakers, they had a rough start to the year, and they 1,000% won the trade deadline. And I want to start off there because I was super jealous of that team because my team, the Miami Heat, who after making no moves in the offseason, they were one shot away from the conference finals and said, hey, we close, so let's go ahead and follow that up by doing nothing. But then I said, okay, we still got the trade deadline in, one, in which, once again, Pat Riley did nothing, and I'm looking at the Lakers. They went and got D'Angelo Russell. Jared Vanderbilt, a guy that I absolutely love because he could play the four, something we needed. Same with Roy Hachimura, and you guys got both of them. So, of course, the Lakers got uh, got those guys started going to the, uh, on a run, and then they went into the playoffs with a lot of momentum. So that being said, what was your picks going into the playoffs of who you thought would make the finals? Because a lot of people were picking the Lakers. I'm going to be real. Like Again, I am a, I am a Lakers fan, diehard Lakers fan, but I also like to be honest. I didn't think the Lakers was going to make it that far. I didn't think they were going to make it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, you got to think, off the rip, we had to play the Memphis Grizzlies, which, I mean, during the regular season, I know they had their ups and downs from off-the-court issues, but on the court, those those young guys are, are, are a lot to, lot to work with. So I was even skeptical that we're going to even get past the first round. So... You know, once that happened, I'm like, okay, this Lakers team is better than than what I thought, than than, than what I've seen. You know, even late in the season after we we made all of those trades, so I feel like when the playoffs first started, I was like, man, I, I can never count out the Warriors. I'm gonna be real. I, I thought the Warriors would, would would probably be there, um, you know, in in the West Conference Finals, and then I was thinking that maybe maybe it would be the Warriors and Phoenix. You know, I wanted to see that KD Steph Curry. You know, what I'm saying kind of. Face off, you know, there's a lot of talk about who needed who. KD's two rings, you know, are watered down because he went on the 70, you know, three and nine team, you know. So I would I would love to see that matchup. And that those were my initial thoughts going into the playoffs. But obviously, man, like I feel like this year in general across the NBA was a very strange season where a lot of the really good teams on paper had weird seasons where the Warriors was a six seed, the Lakers was was a playing team with the seven seed, you know. Out east, obviously, the Heat was an AC, and it's like, man, this is weird. These are these are teams that we know deep down. These are really solid teams, teams that were top seeds a year prior, but now they're bottom bottom of the, of the seeding, and it's kind of weird to just rank and decide which team will be where. Yeah, uh, that's obviously a great point. This has definitely been one of the weirder seasons I've experienced in my lifetime for 
a multiple uh, of obvious reasons there. Going into the playoffs, though, the Lakers, I'm not going to say they necessarily surprised me because after watching what LeBron did here for four years, I made a personal rule to never bet against the man. Uh, and he obviously had a phenomenal playoff run. He wasn't necessarily carrying every game because you got a lot of star performances from AD every other night. But Austin, Austin Reeves and a lot of other guys. So I never bet against LeBron. Uh, I was rooting for y'all because I wanted that rematch in the finals because we see how Jimmy is doing on this revenge tour with the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. We see what he's doing. So I wanted to crack at you guys, or at least for you to extend the series by a game. You know, we over here fighting tooth and nail in game seven. Y'all could have win one. Uh, but I still, it's all good, man. Listen, I I still, I I do like LeBron. I got a lot of respect for him. Uh, and because of that, I respected the Lakers team. Obviously they got to the conference finals there, but going into the playoffs or not, certainly not the playoffs going into the season. I remember believe asked me and a few other NBA hosts are for our finals predictions. And believe it or not, I said Miami heat and the Denver nuggets. So I nailed that. Correct. I'm going ahead. Yeah. I'm on Twitter. I'm doing my gloating and stuff because no one could have called it. Uh, but that being said, uh, after all this gloating I'm doing now, if someone wants to go on Twitter and find a bunch of receipts of mine from the regular season, they are a plenty. I was super pessimistic about this Heat team. Uh, I was on Kyle Lowry. I was on Duncan Robinson. I was on Bam for being too soft. I pretty much was annoyed with the whole roster. Uh, of course, going into the plane, they lose the first game versus the Atlanta Hawks. Then they finally make the Bucks. I was kind of part of the belief that I wouldn't be so mad if they lost just because uh, we'd get the higher pick and I didn't want to get swept by Milwaukee, which was my pick. Uh, But then, of course, after they won that series, I saw playoff Jimmy was back. I saw this Heat team from last year's back. I saw they came to play him uh, and I bet I bet them to win every series since. Now, of course, that wasn't the majority of the prediction for most of these experts on ESPN and all that stuff. So I want to know, how shocked are you about this Heat playoff run? And has your opinion on the team changed as they continue to win games? I, I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm super shocked. Not because, again, if you look on paper, they're a really good team. We, I mean, last year, they weren't they the number one seed last year, if I'm not mistaken? Number one seed. They Just last number year. One to eight. Right. But it's the fact that they were an eighth seed. This season, man, they were up and down all year long, man. They, they just couldn't get right during the regular season. So, I mean, just looking at looking at the way they play, why would me or anyone else think, unless you're just a diehard Heat fan, why would you just assume that they're just going to get it right in the playoffs and make a deep run? I'm not going to lie. I thought the Bucs were going to beat them probably in five. And the only reason I said five is because I respect Jimmy so much because he's a dog. Hey, but, you gave I him mean, a game more than I did. I'm not going to lie to you. You gave him a game. <laughs> I have PTSD from 2021 when Bryn Forbes outscored that man that I love so much sitting behind me right here. I had PTSD. I had Bucks in four, but, man, I'm happy to be wrong. Man, I, I know you are, man. And they've been shocking me and shocking the world all playoffs long. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I didn't think they were going to beat the Bucks. I know there's, there's some excuses. Giannis got hurt. But he did come back, and they still beat him. So I was like, okay, you can't really say much about that. And then they move on. You know, the, 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 the Knicks series was – I, I feel pretty good about the Knicks series. I, I mean, I, the Knicks were solid, but I'm like, uh, like they don't scare me. They haven't, they're unproven. So I was like, boom. But then they get the Celtics. I'm like, all right. They beat the Bucks. They're not about to beat the Celtics too. And then what do you know? They're up 3-0. I'm thinking they're about to go ahead and just sweep them. They make it interesting, very interesting. Goes all the way to a game seven. But as we just saw, man, they ended up closing the deal and doing what they're supposed to do. And now they're in the NBA final. Only the second time and AC has made it to the NBA Finals. I think the last time it happened was against the Pacers to the New York Knicks in the 90s actually beat the Pacers as an AC and they made it to the uh the finals as well so super super shocked man but super impressed it's just an overall 
amazing organization that Pat Riley has just operated. Obviously, Eric Spostra is a hell of a coach, a Hall of Fame level coach. And they just got dogs, man. You, Butler's the leader, of course, but you got Bam over there. I know Haslam doesn't really play anymore, but he's kind of like that, like an additional coach on that sideline. And then you got all these undrafted guys that are just playing their ass off. Like it, it's it's so impressive to see it, man. And I keep betting against them, and I keep being wrong. So I don't know. Maybe I it, maybe I'm tripping, and maybe this is the Heat's year. But I don't know, man. It's, it's been weird. It's been a weird year. Well, let me tell you something, Darnell Smith. You, sir, you know ball. You know why? I know you bet you keep betting against my squad, but the fact that you mentioned names like Udonis Haslam, a guy that Twitter laughs at, even Heat fans don't appreciate him. They say you wasting a roster spot. I say, what do you want? You want another Drew Smith on the roster, a two-way guy to have for two weeks early in the season. Udonis Haslam provides more value to this team than people could even realize. And that's not me talking. That's me, you know, saying the words of all the players year after year and what they say about him. I think that goes a long way. I think having a team of dogs goes a long way, like you're saying. But most importantly, I love to hear the respect that you were giving Jimmy, a guy that has been constantly disrespected for his entire career. I remember uh, I was thrilled when the news broke years ago. That I think that's, I guess, four years ago now that the Heat got Jimmy Butler. I was always a fan of him. He had a really bad rep as a guy who was a, a locker room cancer and a diva and all that stuff. But all I saw was a guy who wanted to win. I saw him being pissed off in Minnesota because Towns was too soft, didn't take stuff serious. I saw him mad in Chicago at a bunch of young guys who didn't work hard. I saw it as a guy who wanted to win. That's why I was happy that he came here. I know Minnesota, before Ann Edwards started popping off, that team never made the playoffs except the one year Jimmy was there. The year Philly got closest to the conference finals, if not for that Kawhi bounce, was the year Jimmy was there. And it's not a coincidence that the four years that uh, he's been on the Miami Heat, they've been to three conference finals. Outside of the one year they got swept, which was the shortest offseason in NBA history. People want to talk about flukes with our squads. That next season was a fluke. Both our teams struggled. They had a two-week offseason, you know. And I always fought hard for Jimmy Butler because people said guys like James Harden was better. And even Jason Tatum was better. And I used to say, what do those guys do in the playoffs? More specifically, James Harden. I mean, we just saw what he did in game seven. I made a ton of money because I smashed the under because he does that year after year. But people still think he's better than Jimmy Butler who's constantly showing up in the biggest games. I even said going into this series against the Celtics that Jimmy Butler was the best player. People called me crazy, and Jason Tatum scored as many point, uh, field goals in the fourth quarter through three games as me and you did. He's not <laughs> Jimmy Butler. There's a difference between those two. So I love to hear the respect that you give Jimmy Butler. Where would you rank him in the league as far as a star? Would you rank him as a top 10 guy uh, with top five come players? Where would you just rank him overall? Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? What's your thoughts on that? Man, he's he's so tough to rank because I feel like like Jimmy has good regular season. I think he was a, he made the second team uh, All NBA this year. So not obviously, the All Star team though, but right? Yeah. Not the All Star team though, but he did make the, the second team All NBA team, which is hard to do. So he had a good regular season, but in the playoffs, he's like great. So it's kind of hard to like always judge him because you know there's so many regular season games, and during the regular season, it's hard for me to, to put him even in like the top ten of like the best players in, in the league. You know. I, Maybe even top 12. Like, I have to really think through the, the players, but there's a lot of players in the regular season who performs better than him. But in the playoffs, he's like he's top, he's like top three, top five. So it's, he's one of those interesting players where it's like, huh, like he knows how to turn the switch on and off. You know what I'm saying? Where he knows how to kind of play good enough in a season to keep the heat, you know, as a, in the playoffs and in a solid seed. But then in the once he gets to the playoffs, he he becomes Jimmy Jordan, you know, I don't know. He becomes clutch and he's making all these big plays. So, I mean, when I think about this, some of the top players in the league right now, and this is 
not even in order, just off the top of the head of guys who I think are still better than him. The Joker, for sure. I think Joel Embiid is still better than him. I think a healthy Kevin Durant is, is better than him. I know you say I know you say he's better than Tatum. I still think Tatum is more skilled nah. than, than Jimmy Butler. I'm sorry to say that. The difference is Jimmy has a better mindset. Jimmy's a dog. Jason Tatum, I think he's a little too nice. Like he's a little too he's too calm. He's not aggressive enough. His favorite player was Kobe, but he ain't got the mama mentality. If he gets that mama mentality, it's over for the league because he has all the skill set in the world. So, but I still got to give it to Tatum as a, as a slightly better player than Jimmy Butler. I think Luka is better. Uh, but now, once you get to this point, it's like, okay, there's there's some arguments where, like, maybe Jimmy's next. But I feel like a big group of guys that they're kind of all in a, in a similar category. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, Steph is better. Dane's still better. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I would say Jimmy's probably like a probably top 10 to 15 player in the league off the top of the head. Um, but, you know, again, in the playoffs, I think he becomes like a <laughs> a top three player in the league because I don't know what happens, but he just turns to a different animal. You didn't mention James Harden. So your answer is satisfactory for me because <laughs> I've gotten in, in many arguments over the years, people betting on their life that James Harden is better. I don't get it. Well, oh, real Jimmy, quick, let, let uh, me ask you: are, are you saying James Harden now today? Or are we talking about Houston Rockets James Harden? Because that's a different conversation. Oh, the same James Harden who was on the team that missed like 27 threes in the biggest game of his career. The, the same James Harden that was getting blocked by Manu Ginobili. Yeah, yeah, the same. We're talking about the same Harden. Oh, no, man. That 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 envy, you talking about MVP James Harden? Like MVP oh. James Harden. Like, don't forget that again. I yeah. understand James Harden's a little yeah. floppy in the playoffs, but. This is a former MVP, one of the, yeah, the, the best scores the game's 16. ever had. Yeah, 60 in the regular season. whoop de doo How far did he get in the playoffs? Come on. Come on. So so just to be clear, it's our first time doing a podcast together. Uh-huh. You care just about the playoffs, basically. Like, the regular season don't matter at all. Oh, listen. Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. To me, that's what matters most. People that are fans of the Houston Rockets, you think they care what James Harden's doing in the regular season? It's all fun at first. But when year after year after year they come up short, I, I got to imagine that's the most frustrating thing in the league. That's why people people still sleep on LeBron. I have today. I have Bron as the best player in the world. You know why? Because he can't do it every game, obviously. He's 38. But, hey, what did he do when they were down 3-0 in the elimination game? What did he do? 31 points at halftime, 40 for the game. If you give me, if you say I need one game to win, the guy I'm taking right now is LeBron because I still think when it matters most, he can get it done. We saw that in the playoffs. Same thing with Jimmy Butler. That's how I'm ranking my guys. If I need one game to win, who do I want? That's how I like to rank my guys. So just to be crystal clear, you're saying today. Hold on. Let me check my date. You're saying Tuesday, May 30th, 519 Pacific time, 819 Eastern time. LeBron James is right now the best player in the league. Oh, yeah. But I'll say that to the day he retires, though. I'll say that to the day he retires, though. But but for LeBron, though, that's more of like a – like a, everything he's done for me, I won't I won't doubt him. Like I'm saying, mm, but as okay. far as James Harden, yeah, I think Jimmy Butler's always been a better player than him. Always, I, I don't have respect yeah. for him. I mean, I'll give you everyone else, Luca Curry, those guys, those guys saw it when it matters. But you know, I'm not sitting here, sitting here saying Jimmy's number one. I'll take KD. Uh, obviously, I think he's been a bit hobbled, but we saw what he did against the Bucks two years ago with his toe on the line. Those are big time players. Those are guys that I trust to hit the shot. Right, right. Now nah, I feel you, man. Like I said, I I, listen, I love Jimmy. Like right now. Uh, like since Kobe retired, and I know it's been a while, 
I have not had a favorite player in the NBA. I've been searching. I've been recruiting. I've been looking for a guy who I can claim as like my favorite player. And I will say that Jimmy is in the conversation because, I, again, I just love his mindset. He doesn't care who he's going against. He's going to attack you. He's not scared of you. You can be friends maybe out when the game is over, maybe. But he doesn't care if you're, you're his friend or not, especially on the court. He's going to guard your best player. He's going to play 48 minutes if he has to, playing exhausted. He has that old school kind of game, and we still he can still knock down that mid range at a high level. Not the best three point shooter, but can make some when when he needs to, and he gets to that foul line. You know what I'm saying? So he's the guy where like if his shot's not going down, he can get to the free throw line. If he can't get to the to the rim, not on a shot. He can still he's a decent passer. So he's a good he's just a good guy. He's smart. He's a veteran. He's physical, and you can see that energy from Jimmy kind of sprinkling around to all the other role players. And you see their confidence is just at an all-time high. You got guys like Caleb Martin, who, unless you're in Miami, you've never heard of this man. And he's over here fighting for, you know, people are saying he should have won the, the dang on Eastern Conference MVP. He was one vote away. I. So, I mean, it, it's crazy, man. Well, I mean, when you like a guy like Kobe and you talk about mentalities, very few players can match what Kobe had, you know, from a mentality standpoint. Jimmy Butler is a guy that's very close. I mean, that's why they call him Jimmy Jordan, like, like father, like son. It's hard not to love Jimmy Butler. I think it's hard to not love this Heat team because it's a bunch of underdogs, and you talked about how they have a bunch of dogs. But outside of those, outside of that, outside of Jimmy, what are some things about this Heat team that you that you really like? Or what's your favorite thing? Yeah, I, I think it's the whole underdog mentality. I mean, I could kind of compare it to myself being a former athlete, playing football at Ball State, which is a MAC school. It's a smaller school. You know, a lot of people, even though it's Division One, people look at the MAC and just kind of look at them as like, your little brother and you don't have the full respect. So it's like, I was a guy who out of high school, I had a really good high school career, but I was undersized. So I had one full ride scholarship offer. So like my whole life is kind of the underdog story. So I have a natural soft spot for other underdog stories. Cause I can, I can relate. And I just feel like, again, you got all these undrafted guys. You got Jimmy who's people still don't really consider him like a superstar. You know what I'm saying? They, they call him a star, but they don't put him in the same category as like a Kevin Durant or LeBron or Steph, et cetera. So it's like these guys that like who people don't fully believe in them, and they're like, okay, you don't believe in us, we'll show you. And that that to me is just that that mentality, that mindset. That's the biggest thing that I truly enjoy, just from a neutral fan standpoint. And 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 that's the reason why, again, my team is out, so I'm kind of just rooting for different players, different teams. I, I'm not mad if Miami wins. I, I would love to see Jimmy Butler close it out and, and get a ring, uh, but unfortunately. They're playing against the Joker, so I'm a little, I'm a little nervous, and I'm a little nervous. And I mean, listen, I'm not gonna sit here and disrespect the Denver Nuggets. I'm not gonna look them off like I did the New York Knicks, like I did the Boston Celtics. Those teams did not scare me because I think the Celtics are a fraudulent team, and I think Jason Tatum's a fraudulent player. But we got into that a little bit. But what's your thoughts before we move on to the finals? What's your overall thoughts on the series, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals? What was your thoughts on Game Six? Did you think Miami was screwed going into Game Seven? Uh, what were some of your thoughts in that whole series? Yeah, man, I mean, it, it was weird, right? It was, it was like the tale, the tale of two halves, so to speak. I mean, the first three games is like Miami couldn't be touched. These guys are knocking down everything. Boston played horrible, though, at the same time. And, again, I give some, some of that credit to Miami just playing good defense, playing physical. But some of it was just like, come on, Boston. Like, y'all, like, this, you're playing, this is a shell of yourself. Like, this is nowhere near, like, Celtics basketball. So I feel like game four and game five, you know, the, you know, they started to really, uh, I think Miami took their foot off the pedal a little bit, right? Just, you know, subconsciously, you're up 3-0, no teams ever came back. So I think subconsciously, you take your foot off the gas. 
and Boston's playing like they're playing desperate. They're, 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 they're live, their playoff lives is on the line. So they end up going back, reverting to, I would say, typical Boston, Boston Celtics basketball. And then game six was the game that was like, all right, neither team played great, but both teams played hard as hell. It was just one of them games that, man, Miami didn't want to go to game seven because you know anything happened in game seven. Boston, again, they're fighting for their playoff lives for another game. And the Miami Heat should have won, but that was one of the craziest endings I've seen in, in my lifetime of watching basketball. So going into game seven, and I picked the Miami Heat. A lot of people were, were against them. They're like, man, after, after, after that ending, how can the Heat bounce back? I'm like, listen, this is a this is a, a overall the core is like a veteran team with Bam, Jimmy, Udonis, you got Eric Spoelstra. Like, I get there's a lot of undrafted guys, but the core, they've been, they've been around, they've been through some stuff. You think losing a game at the at the buzzer is going to just make them forget how to play basketball and they can't recover and like and like I was no I wasn't worried about that at all. And another thing is Miami had won more games on the road that series than they did at home. So I'm like, okay, they're in Boston. It's going to be loud. It's going to be rock a, a lot of rockets. But it's like, who cares? Because at the end of the day, I think Jimmy and the rest of Miami Heat plays better when their backs are against the wall. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Sometimes guys put their backs against the wall. And then and then they play better. You know what I'm saying? I kind of feel like Miami did that. They could have made it a lot easier on themselves and and swept swept them or got a gentleman sweep. But again, it wouldn't be Miami if they didn't do it the hard way. So they they probably scared a lot of the Miami Heat fans, but they had to close it out. And I wasn't surprised, man. I didn't think it was gonna be a blowout, but I was surprised that they got the win. Man, ESPN is really doing the world a disservice. They got all these dumbass talking heads on there. When we got guys like Darnell Smith who know ball this well. <laughs> Who needs who needs some na- who needs a national job on TV like that? Because instead of just looking at the Celtics roster and seeing all these big names like Tatum and Brown, the guy looked at the teams and he said, "I know Miami's good on the road. I know Boston is iffy at home. I know the Boston is not the most consistent team this year. They just had three good games in a row. How much can it continue? I also know that every time the Miami Heat have their back the farthest possible against the wall, that's when they deliver. Those are the th- same things I saw going into the series, going against Game Seven. Kind of sounds like we agree a lot there. Uh, and obviously, I'm glad they got the job done. So I like I like that analysis. A big talking sure. point going into the finals, though, before we give our official predictions, is Tyler Hero. Mm. Quick rundown of how I'm feeling about that. A couple weeks ago, you would have asked me to bring him back. I would have said, hell no, because I said, you got this far without him. Why would you bring him back? Uh, he's inefficient shooter, slows down the offense, uh, all things that were that Heat fans are kind of saying about Gabe Vincent, to be honest, because he's trying to play that Tyler role. Difference is, Gabe plays defense. He's phenomenal on that side of the ball. So I'm thinking, why would you bring back Tyler Hero, who has those same flaws, and he's a a turnstile on defense? I was not in favor of it. But that was back when Kyle Lowry was playing really well. Since then, he's been terrible. Uh, Safe to say I'm not a fan of his at all. Uh, They say even if he's missing shots, he's a high IQ player. I don't see it. The man jumps in the ball without knowing or jumps in the air without knowing where he's going to pass it. That's like rule number one they teach you in AAU basketball. But he constantly does that and gets turnovers. Saw him dribble off his foot yesterday. I haven't done that since I was seven years old. But anyways, I am at the point now I would like to see Tyler Hero get some minutes. Not necessarily because I think he's going to provide something great, but I'd like to see Lowry's minutes kind of get cut down and maybe Tyler can get that spot. Uh, I'm not sure Spo will do it. Maybe he'll give Tyler some runs to see how things work. But I think it'll be a quick plug. Do you think that Tyler Hero could provide any sort of benefit to this Heat team, or would you just let it ride out? 
Man, that's a good question. I've been kind of contemplating going back and forth about this since the news came out that he was potentially prepared to be ready. I think by game three is what they're saying right now. I think overall, man, he could be a huge spark for the team, though. Coming off the bench, you know, maybe 10 to 12 minutes. I wouldn't put him in too heavily. He's been out for a while. You don't want to re-aggravate the injury or, again, knock out or, or mess up the kind of the rhythm that the Heat has put together over the last few series. But at the same time, man, again, you're going against a really, really deep team. Um, the alt- altitude endeavor is going to be crazy. You're going to be tired probably, especially the first couple games there. So I just think that, you know, having a guy who is fresh, you know what I'm saying, hasn't played since, what, the first series, I believe. Uh, young, a guy who's like instant offense. You know, I, I-, I get, you know, some of the-, the naysayers and some of the concerns of-, of-, of how he's slowing down the offense. But again, when Tyler Hero gets going, man, he gets going. This is a former six-man of the year, a guy who – Many would, would argue was a kind of a part of like the Heat's quote-unquote big three, so to speak, with, you know, Jimmy, Bam, and then Hero. And sometimes, many games, he was the second-best player. He, sometimes the best player, if you look back in the regular season. So he's a guy that's way too talented to just keep on keep on the sidelines. Um, I, I think you've got to put him in. But again, I think you got to be smart. You do not want to mess up this rhythm that the Heat has put together. You know what I'm saying? And, and I would even say this. If the Heat ends up like stealing one in Denver and like they're just looking really good these first couple games before Hero's ready. I don't know. I don't know, T. You might have to sit back and just and just wait it out, man, because, again, it's all about getting the first team to four wins. And if your rhythm and your team is cooking and it's working, don't mess up. Don't mess up something that's working. You know what I mean? So, But I think overall with the depth that Denver has, I just – my gut tells me that Hero will play – a, a big role in, in, in at least one game and, and really contribute to the team. Yeah, it's nice. At the very least, he provides some insurance. We saw Gabe Vincent miss a game last series. Obviously, Victor Oladipo has been out, who I think would have actually been a substantial piece of this team. Uh, and Duncan Robinson's been shooting the lights out, but if he was to struggle, you always have another guy. That's the part that made it difficult for me is guys like Gabe and Caleb and Struess and Duncan have played so well. There's really no reason to decrease their minutes. I mean, Duncan's even been shooting 50% from three. Tyler is instant offense, but he's not 50% from three, you know? Mm. Uh, so I kind of think Spo will and should ride these guys out while they're hot. But I do like Hero. For all for all the reasons you said, I do like Hero. There's no reason to not at least give him a chance. But, I mean, they're going to have to see how the first couple games go and whether they need him or not. They're in 0-2 hole. They might right. try something different. Right, you might as well, right? You know, and real quick before we move on, I know you mentioned Kyle Lowry, which I think, yeah, he, he's been looking bad, so I think he could take some of his minutes. But also, Struess. I think Struess has been playing solid, but he's not, to me, he hasn't been performing at a level that's like so high that I just can't take him out. I think he could take some minutes from both of those players. And again, you know, get about 10 to 12 minutes during the game, nothing, nothing too crazy, and just see, kind of see what he does. Yeah, that's what I love about Spo. He's very good at riding the guys that are hot. We've seen games this playoffs that had probably either uh, some combination of Kevin Love and Caleb Martin and Max Struess and Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry. Of course, you're going to have Jimmy and Bam. But all those other guys, you got a lot of guys that can get hot. And we've seen with this Heat team, it's a different guy every other night, except for Caleb Martin, who turned into Michael Jordan, I guess. He's he going to be playing every game from now on. I can't believe we're paying him $7 million next year. That's a steal. But that's the great thing about this Heat team. And obviously, Tyler can add another dynamic to that. If he was to come in and hit his first few shots early, the minutes will definitely be there. Because I do agree with you what you said about Struis. So I want to move into the finals. I want to get some, I want to get an official prediction from you. And I want to, I'm assuming you're going to pick Denver just because I know you're a low key hater still, even though you keep saying this team keeps proving you wrong. And you do know ball a little bit, I must admit. But either way, I want to assume 
But I want you to give your prediction and then maybe some uh, some keys on each side that could kind of help the team either way. Okay, man. So I'm going to make my prediction first. And this is not an easy one. I've thought this through. Uh, I, I like some players on both teams. So I didn't want to really make this choice. But I, I got to do what I got to do. We're hosts. We're sports analysts. It's what we got to do. So I'm going with the different Nuggets in six. I just think overall the depth that they have is just will be too much. I think the home court advantage will be a huge advantage for Denver because they're actually pretty good at home, uh, really good at home. They have, to me, the guy who should have won a third MVP in Nikola Jokic. The guy is incredible, like literally incredible. Like I think too many times the media we don't give them enough love because they're not the biggest market, you know, being in Denver. They don't, you know, get a ton of national TV games on, you know, uh, throughout the year. And when when they do play, it's like late at night on the East Coast. So a lot of people aren't really watching them. I think we just see the Joker stat line and like, okay, another good game. But we don't actually watch them play. So these playoffs, man, you know, this is, the pandemic is pretty much over. We're not in, the, not in the bubble. So it's different, right? Everyone's watching them on the big stage. And he's performing at such an incredible high level. And I just don't think that he have anybody that can cover him. I know Bam is athletic. I think he can give, give Joker a few problems out on the perimeter. But from a size standpoint, I mean, Bam is tough. He's strong. But, I mean, four quarters of Jokic just banging you, is it's going to be tough. So I just think with the depth, um, the role players, you see Caldwell Pope has been playing at a very high level. He's a, he's a 3 and D guy for Denver. Got a ring with my Lakers. Knows knows what it's like to be in this environment. Um, obviously, Michael Porter, Jamal Murray have been, has been playing like a superstar. It just there's too many names, man. Like it's like too many names. Pick your poison, you know. I, I, I think Reggie Jackson's on the bench. He don't even play, <laughs> and that's Reggie. Jackson. So it's like it's just so many weapons, man. It feels like it's Denver's year. So many. It's like every single year they get a little closer, and then, and then someone gets hurt, or there's some type of battle or something that they go through that stops them from getting to the promised land but they're finally here and unfortunately for miami i just think this is denver's year man i'm sorry i'm sorry Ant. not you don't you don't got to apologize for that because this is the first time i've been nervous like i was saying before i give the denver nuggets a lot of respect i mean and not even just because of the roster they currently have miami has always struggled for them for years even going back to the big three I think they're like two and 15 in their last 17 games at Denver. Uh, mm-hmm. The last time they won, I think Norris Cole had a big game. That's how much I remember it. And that's how long ago it was. It's tough. The home court advantage is not a joke. Uh, it's a great team. I could see, I could certainly see Denver winning, but what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to use logic because this playoffs has been stupid. The season as a whole has been weird, as you said. So I'm going to throw all logic out the window. <laughs> Heat fans, including myself, just love to scream guts and culture. But truthfully, as stupid as that sounds, that's what got us to this point, okay? I have the Miami Heat in six just because, one, that's what I called at the beginning of the season. So I'm going to stick with it. But a couple other things, too. Some of the points that, truthfully, is me just trying to talk myself up because I don't know if my brain necessarily believes what I'm saying. But (laughs) for game one, at least, you got the rest versus rust factor. The Denver Nuggets have, have been sitting for over a week now. That's obviously quite a long time. The Heat, they still get two days off. So maybe there's not as much as fatigue as people think. Uh, I look for the Denver Nuggets to have a very uh, rusty, poor first half, first quarter. The Heat can capitalize. Maybe it's a close game going into the fourth. 
And when it's a late game in the fourth, there's not many people I trust as much as Jimmy Butler. Problem is, Nikola Jokic is one of those people that I do trust. I mean, every time I watch the replay of him doing, I think they call it a somber shuffle. The thing he hit on AD and you see LeBron, the dude, if you were Yao Ming with Derrick Rose hops, you can't block that thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that is wild. Uh, and Bam statistically has struggled immensely versus Jokic. Not mad because everybody does. So that was another great point you're saying. But the way that he'd have been shooting, it's really been, I guess, since the playoffs started now. So we're not talking a super small sample size. Caleb Martin's been lighting it up all playoffs. If you get that hot shoot and you get Jimmy Butler, I think they have a chance. Mike Malone is not a scrub as a coach, something that the Heat have seen a lot because NBA teams fire coaches after a year now. Uh, Mike Malone's like the third longest tenure coach. I think that does make a difference. Uh, but still, he's obviously no Eric Spolstra. The Heat have the athletic pieces on defense, and I think the scheme was Eric Spolstra. I think they'll be able to figure something out. Spo typically does like to double-team the other player's star. In this case, that's obviously not going to work because Jokic has some of the best vision of all time. So I'm curious to see if Spo decides to still double Jokic or if he just says, let Jokic get 50, see if that can beat us. But I think there'll be a scheme there, whether it's uh, putting Jimmy on the guys like Jamal Murray to slow him down and then bam on Jokic because you can have a guy like Max Struess guard uh, Michael Porter in the corner and kind of chase him around. Uh, I think there, Spo will find something. And I think experience can go a long way, too, because not a single player, I believe, outside of Pope, uh, has ever been to a finals on that Nuggets mm. roster. I think that makes a difference. Uh, and, man, do I remember Pope. That dude pissed me off in 2020. The man couldn't miss. And then Rajon Rondo was on the other side lighting it up from three. I couldn't explain it back in 2020. But, obviously, Pope got some experience. And then you look at the Heat. You got champions with Lowry and Spo and Kevin Love, Udonis. And then most of the roster has even been has went to the finals in 2020, even including Gabe Vincent, who was on that bubble team. People forget. So mm. I think experience will go a long way too. I think if you get all those possibilities, and again, they're just assumptions slash possibilities. I think if you get all those, uh, the Heat have a good chance. And you said it's Denver's year. I mean, if you look what's happened to this Heat team, you can make a good argument. It's almost written in the storybooks for them to win too. I mean, how perfect would it be for this team after losing in the bubble? And then they uh, got swept the next year, got to game seven last year. Jimmy missed a shot after the game, said, we're going to be back here next year and we're going to win it. And first of all, who does that, by the way? Who says something like that and then goes out there the next year and does it? Like, that's that's crazy Rare. stuff. Like, nobody does that. And Jimmy said multiple times this year that this is year they win a ring. So I just think it would almost be too perfect not to happen. But again, as I'm saying these things, I realize and I'm kind of just spewing a bunch of nonsense and not giving too many basketball facts. Uh, but I got to go with the heart on this one. That's why I got heated six. Do you think there's any credence to what I'm saying? No, I, I really do, man. It's funny. We were talking about this earlier at, uh, in the studio. I think Miami, there's a real chance they might actually still game one just because for the exact reason why you say, I mean, that that rest versus rest is a real thing. Denver hasn't played in a long, a long time. You know what I'm saying? And I just think that, you know, there is some something to having that rhythm. You know, the fact that you just got done with a very intense game seven, like the rhythm is still there. And I can see the Nuggets getting to turnover trouble early on and just not being as fluid. The way I'm looking at it is I kind of I kind of want to go with Miami game one. I think Denver bounces back game two. I think they win game three in Miami. First game at home to be a close one. The Miami bounces back. I think they kind of go back and forth. It's tied 2-2. And then Denver just closes out and wins two in a row on, on your court back in Miami, unfortunately. And I think they close it out in, in, in six that way. But – there's a lot of credence to what you're saying, man. I mean, listen, I've been betting against them 
all playoff long and I've been wrong. So like I could very, very much be wrong again. And, and, and this, this thing that is a mentality that Miami has where they don't care who they're going against. Bring your best player. We're going to bring our best players. Mano y mano. We're not backing down from anybody. Let's see what you got. And you, you, you are right. They do have experience, which I think is a big thing. And we've seen other teams before, like when it's their first time in the finals where they play a little nervous. They play a little scared. I mean, I, I think back to, I think it was 2015. I think the, the, the Warriors' very first championship run when they went against Cleveland. And they ended up winning that year. But if you remember, looking back, they did not look like the same Warriors that they did that whole entire season. Steph was struggling. Everybody was saying Della Vadova was locking him, locking him up. And, you know, uh, LeBron was going crazy. The only reason the Cavs really lost that series, for being honest, is because uh, Kyrie ended up getting hurt after game one and Kevin Love was hurt. If, if we're being real, the Cavs don't lose that series against that Warriors team. So my point of bringing that up is, I, I again, you are right. There's not a lot of guys on the Nuggets who have made it to the finals. So I can see them coming in. Rusty just from, from sitting out so long, but also just having so many nerves and uh just from being in their first first finals, not as just players in Denver Nuggets history. That's a lot of pressure on a franchise and a, a hard a, a huge weight on your back. So we'll see, man. Yeah, I think y'all do got a chance. Oh man. I I was nervous <laughs> going into this episode. I hyped myself up though, man. I'm ready. I want to win so bad. I hate that boy Jokic after what he did to Marquise Morris last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate Aaron Gordon. The dude wrote a diss track on D-Wade after D-Wade gave him a nine. Which, by the way, Aaron Gordon, you put your nuts on Taco Fall's head. That dunk is not a 10. I don't care what no one says. That's a I don't 10, like that man. Rock. That's a 10, man. Don't do that. He said, I'm going to jump over Taco Fall and smack him in the back of his face. How is that a 10? Taco Fall, 7-5. So, I mean, listen, if he hit his head a little bit, I mean, he jumped over 7-4 of them. Ain't that enough? What the hell? don't don't say maybe it's because i'm spoiled and i watch jimmy butler and when he says he's gonna do something he delivers maybe i'll spoil you i don't know job is not finished (laughs) i got a job is not finished hey you're right job's not done and jimmy butler knows it that's why he wasn't celebrating last night during the trophy ceremony and i love to see it too before we get out of here though uh that's pretty much all i got go ahead and uh plug everything else you got going on tell these people where they can find you again uh and let us know everything you got Yes, sir, man. Again, you can follow me on Believe Network at The Porch Podcast, man. That's Wednesdays and Fridays every single week. Me and my guy, Bolo, man, we're hitting you with all types of topics within black culture, sports, music, and a lot, a lot of fun, man. You tap into that Wednesday and Friday, man. All your audio platforms. We're on Caffeine TV. We're also on YouTube. And then as well as The Morning Show with Coach JB with Big Smitty. That's me. 6 to 8, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific time, Monday through Friday. That's your morning sports sports show, man. You listen, drinking your coffee, you're on your way to work, whatever you got going on, man. Make sure you tune in. I'm telling you, you're going to laugh, you're going to learn, and you're going to have a lot of fun. And hey, if you want to support my clothing brand, man, go to lftclothingbrand.com. That stands for Live for Today. We sell merch, uh, athleisure merch that basically has positive messages on it. We're trying to put out positivity into the world, man, through our clothing, through our gear. So we have hoodies, t-shirts, leggings, sports bras, uh, uh, anything you can think of, man, we have it on lftclothingbrand.com. Go ahead and get your merch. Appreciate the support. Make sure y'all go support my boy Darnell, man. I will say, uh, when I was I was on your link tree earlier, so I saw the fire clothing brand. Make sure y'all, uh, y'all cop some of that. I saw the porch. The descriptions were crazy. I clicked on a random one, scrolled to the middle real quick, and I started dying laughing. Y'all was talking about some crazy shit. I don't even remember, but like it, the fact that I was able to find some random ass spot with a half a second looking up, 
like that 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 shit's good man so i already subbed i already subscribed to that uh so make sure y'all do too darnell appreciate you coming in man yes sir man anytime that's all i got for y'all we're gonna talk again soon hopefully sometime next week if the miami heat are looking good if they're not maybe i'm a little too sad maybe darnell was right <laughs> But we'll get back together sometime. I'll see y'all later. Pull up in the city, trying to get that dead fast. Do it on my own, I don't need no dead weight. Had to kill them off, Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.